hard to stay up late and then get up early sometimes, but got to do what the Lord's called you to do. You're a leader, and there's many following you, so make sure you go the right way. Amen. That's for all of us. But I appreciate Debbie's heart in um, helping us step into um, what is in the Word that says that we are continually to celebrate is Passover. I had a friend a few years ago say, what is that about? It, they don't go here, but what is that about Passover? Where would y'all come up with that? I was like, you've taught Sunday school for years. Come on, it's in the Word. But uh, it, this isn't something we just made up. It, it's in the Word, and we do uh, want to celebrate Passover uh, Wednesday, and um, it is a special time. And I was just thinking about, you know, who in here is a firstborn? Are you a firstborn? Anybody? Only child? Just think about if you was that night, if that was you, and your house got passed over. I'm telling you, you'd be celebrating. Amen? <laughs> so, but, you know, the Lord has passed us over, <laughs> and we have reason to celebrate. So, I do pray that you will come and join us Wednesday, and we... Um, want to step into what the Lord has for us. And Jackson, I appreciate the word that the Lord gave you. I appreciate you be willing to share that because we are uh, stepping into a lot of new things here. And, um, but to go into the old, new, you got to leave the old, don't you? And um, sometimes whenever that old falls off, you're like, what in the world is going on? But the Lord's got us, right? And um, I got a text this morning from... Uh, someone here, and it was a word for Jackson, and the Lord, the, they really had you on their heart, and they said that they saw that the Lord had his hand on you, and so I, I know that he does, and so you just be assured that the Lord's got you, and everything that's ahead of you, so I just want to encourage you with that, and I kind of felt like, Rob, you and Tommy, you got to, I, I know that the prophetic word is stirring here this morning. He told me yesterday that the prophetic uh, was really going to be released here today, and I don't know that I even really understand all that, and I understand the prophetic somewhat, but I don't really know exactly what that means, but you have something? Well, come on. He's preached me some good sermons this morning. I, the only thing that I can think of that's really on my heart heavy right now is if you're not fighting for somebody, then you don't hardly stand a chance for yourself. Um, I don't know. I've, I'm really fighting hard right now for my son. He's going through a lot right now. Um, the enemy has his mind. I've gotten to the point where I'm tired of asking, Lord, Lord, could you please help my son? Could you turn his heart? I'm asking, Lord, help my son. Please help my son. I tell the enemy now to back off from my son in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we probably all have someone in our family that we need to be uh, crying out for and praying for like that. Tommy? Erica? 
Well, I, I just, anybody else have a word the Lord's given? Time to release that. Well, before I get started, I just want to start with a, a song that I ran across that's going to kind of set, set us up for um, Passover. has nothing to do with what I'm going to be talking about, but I liked it, so we're going to watch it. Go ahead, Kyle. Be sure and turn it up. This is kind of appropriate for...
loved it. I just didn't want us to get too heavy in here today, so I, I was wanting to watch you guys more than that. I've watched it a couple of times. I just thought it was hysterical, so anyways, that's right. All the religious spirits have now left building, so hallelujah. <laughs> oh, well, it's good to laugh, and you know, we've we're raised to believe that uh, we need to come in here and uh, be real solemn and grumpy. And I don't think that that's what God wants us to do. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> mm, I just want to proclaim something um, over myself and over you today. This is... Um, a good day. God has something very good for you today. And uh, the mission statement of our church is Luke 4. And I was going to have him put it up, but I forgot. I'm just going to read it to you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's upon you because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce the release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set those free who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And that is today. God is going to do those things here today. He has something for you. You're carrying a heavy load. He wants to release you from that load today. He wants to set you free from the things that are holding you back, from the the bondages. That's what Rob's crying out for his son. And you know what? He knows about it because he was in it. You don't want that for your kids. So, Lord, continue, Lord. To, and you know what? You say, well, I don't have a drug problem. Well, praise God. But we all have something that we probably need to be set free from. And I'm asking him to set me free from my blind spots. Lord, show us what those things are that we need, that everybody else knows about that you can't see. Lord, open our eyes so we can be free to be the people that you've called us to be. Lord, th this is a great day. This is a day that we, it's called Palm Sunday, not this palm. We got these palms to raise to him. They used those palms as they worshiped Jesus and as he walked into Jerusalem on that little cult. But before uh, Jesus made his way into Jerusalem, it's an interesting time because he was also preparing to celebrate Passover. So if Jesus celebrated it, it's another hint. Maybe we ought to take uh, and go for it. But um, he had uh, risen Lazarus from the dead. Many miracles and a lot of things were stirring. His name was known. People knew what was going on with him. But I'd like to read a prophecy that was given about today and what is called Palm Sunday. And it's in Zechariah 9 and 10. And it says, Behold, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and endowed with salvation, humble and unassuming. Humble and unassuming. That's our king. And riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And today we celebrate that entry. That was a prophetic word that was given over our Lord and Savior Jesus. And he fulfilled that prophecy. You can find this story about Palm Sunday in all four Gospels. It's interesting to look through and read those because uh, whenever you do, it's like if you took four people and you went out and you saw something happen, 
uh, all four people would give a little different view of what they saw. Some would add and some would take away, and that's the four Gospels have a little different slant to what actually went down. And I just want to kind of go over the story with you. You can find it in Matthew 21. I'm not going to read the whole story. I'll just kind of go through it. And it's not a long story, but it's a powerful story. It's a powerful story of our king entering into Jerusalem. But before that he got there, he sent two of his disciples to go. To, and he told them, he said, hey, guys, I want you to go into uh, the town, and there's going to be a donkey with a colt tied up, and I want you to go get him for me. And the owner's going to come out. Could you leave that closed? Yeah, there's like a thing going on back there with the door. Okay. <laughs> um, he told them to go and um, get the donkey. There's going to be, the owner's going to come out, and he's going to say, hey, what's going on? And you're supposed to say, the Lord has need of it. And um, so they're, okay, so they go. They go, and um, they bring back to Jesus. Jesus doesn't get it on the, the mom. He gets on the colt. And he makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And it's interesting because I was like, where did all this crowd come from? Well, the crowd came because they were there to get ready to celebrate Passover. And, and I wonder, and it probably would be just like something that would occur today. There were people that recognized him. There were those that knew exactly who he was, and that they worshipped him. It says they put their coats on the ground. I think it was really the first, uh, this is where the roll out the red carpet came from. They put their coats on the ground, and he rode that, that colt down. Um, they waved the palm branches. The palms represent victory. They knew that victory was coming. Some of them, I think, felt like that probably he was getting ready to do it right then. It took the cross to bring the, the final victory. But he rode that donkey through town, and they gave their praise to him. There was probably some, though, that just got caught up in it. They may not have, their spirits recognized him. Maybe they didn't fully understand who he was and what was going on. But they worshipped him. Um, there was some religious people there. And it was like, we got to put an end to this. This guy's going to take over. I love that part. That's what he came to do was to take over. <laughs> He's still wanting to take over. <laughs> and I, it, it, and then the... The end of the story is, that's not the end, because the end is, after he goes through Jerusalem, he turns and he looks at the city. And it's the scripture that everybody says that they love to memorize. Jesus wept. But Jesus looked at the city, and he cried over that city, because he knew that um, there was a big part of him that was totally missing the salvation that was ahead of him, that was right there. But he cried over him. But I want to go back and just... Um, talk to you just a couple of things that I see that the Lord spoke to me about out of this story. And uh, Kyle had that up there. You can put it back up of Matthew, Matthew 21, 3. And as he told them to, 
no, 21.3, please. Matthew 21, 3. Yeah, thank you. If anyone says anything to you, you should say the Lord needs them. That's the donkey and the colt. And without delay, the owner will send them with you. And, um, you know, we have, we hear over and over of all the miracles that Jesus does. Raise the dead. He's healed. He blind eyes, crippled men, walk, jump, do all these things. Has anybody in here rode a colt? I'm telling you, that's a miracle. Nobody talks about this, but being from a horse family that's raised horses, been around horses all my life, I thought, why has no one ever talked about this? You go get, and I don't know how, how old, it had to be big enough for him to get on. I'm thinking a yearling, something like that. So if you've ever... Oh, so it was broke enough to be tied up. That doesn't mean a whole lot. And it said it had never been ridden. So if you've ever been around a yearling colt that has never been ridden and then taken away from his mother, have you all ever seen a baby taken away from its mother? <laughs> Remember whenever the first day of school or daycare and they scream their heads off? Well, that's kind of the way horses are when you part them, Okay. This seems silly. I, I don't know. I, I think there's something to this, though. It's like, what in the world? Jesus, what are you doing in this? I think it was a miracle. But you know what? The cult recognized who had him. <laughs> Jesus did what he told us in Genesis that we could do, and that's take, t take dominion over them, right? But that cult submitted to the one who had him. Did he not? And that's where a lot of us have to get to. We're awakened to the fact that we need a Savior. We've got the halter on. <laughs> so we accept him as Savior, and we go to Jesus like the colt went to him, but we never have that convergence of making him Lord. And there's a, there's a long ways from here, here to here sometimes. Yes, I need, I don't, who wants to go to hell? Nobody wants to go to hell. So yes, Lord, we want you as Savior. But making him Lord seems to be, that's the ride. That's the ride. And we never get on the cult. Because we flounder around in our Christianity because we feel like that it never works. Because we just have him as Savior. And I don't want to say just. Because Savior is a, a big thing. It is, but it is, it is just the start. But to make him Lord. And we say, well, I, 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 I tried that Jesus thing and it just didn't work for me. We want all of, our, of his blessings. He wants all of us. And that submitting, just like that cult submitted himself to Jesus, that's, that's a big, sometimes that's not easy. And that's, 
it sounds easy, but it's not because you think, well, I have my job. I have my family. I have to, I have to, and I heard a man last night and that's kind of what, and he was just saying, we have our eyes focused on so many other things other than Jesus. And if we will just get to him, and it's too hard, you can't figure it out. Because if you want to try to figure it out in your head, you can't figure out this whole book. You can't, you can't figure out the spirit realm. And we stay too much in the natural, we stay too much within ourselves, and we stay too much looking at ourselves and focused on ourselves, and we, we miss what the Lord has for us. And it, but to start, we've got to submit just like that colt did. And hang on just a minute. <laughs> in, and in that, um, also in that verse, um, Jesus told, uh, told them, um, that the Lord needs, need, has need of them. And whenever I read that, I just thought, you know, the Lord has need of us. The Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of this place. This, this place as a body has a function that it's to be about. And you say, well, what in the Lord's, what, what, what's God need me for? Well, he didn't just create you to breathe in and out and go to work every day and try your best. There's, there's more to it than just that. He has destiny for you. He has a plan for your life. He has a calling on you. And you're like, I don't know what that is. If you will submit and get your eyes on him, he will show you what that looks like. He, he will show you. The Lord has need of you. He has, he has something that he wants you to do. And it's to go be the best you you can be for him. And you don't have to look like anybody else. And you don't have to try to imitate anybody else. You don't have to sound like anybody else. You don't have to dress like anybody else. He wants you, he created you to be an individual and, and to live your life and give your heart to him and seek after him. And there is blessing after blessing and promise that he will pour out on you if you will do that. But there's always something for us. It's, it's not just Jesus, your Lord and Savior, now give it to me. We, there's some things that we have to do, but I think it's got misstrewed somewhere along the way that we come to Christ and then I'm supposed to set back and God's just going to do it all. We have a part in this. You have a big part in this. And I encourage you to join God's plan <laughs> and what he has for you because he does have need of you. And some of you all have been abused. Some of you guys have been put in wrong situations. And it's not God's fault. He loves you. He, he, 
That's the enemy. But God gets blamed for a lot of things. He doesn't want you to hurt. He doesn't want you to um, be yelled at, hit, abused. It's not him. He's got a good plan for you. He loves you. He has need of you. We got to get on the colt. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I just really thought that was miracle. For the horse people, I, I know you get it, but... In Matthew 21.10, it talked about that as he went through the city, all the city was trembling with excitement and saying, who is this? Who is this? The city was trembling. Another version said, the earth shook. God's, Jesus went in and thank, the, the ground responded. <laughs> Even those that didn't recognize him, the earth responded to his arrival into Jerusalem. And I felt like that if there's ever a time that our city and our country needs a trembling, it's now. Yeah, it's trembling in the world's way, but it needs to tremble to the name of Jesus. And part of that is that's our part because as we carry him and the earth and those around us recognize Jesus, we need to shake some things up. And I'm not talking about going and getting your Bible and beating somebody over the head with it or trying to go to work and quote scriptures and look all holy. That's not what I'm talking about. You go be Jesus and be the light, that's going to shake up things because if you're truly walking after him, the spirit of darkness recognizes that Jesus that you carry, and that will shake up some things, just the pre his presence that you carry. Things in our time need to be shook up, and we are too much, and, and this is a time that we need to come in here and be encouraged and not worrying about what's going on or thinking about the dark that's going on out there. We hear enough about that. We come in here and I want you to be encouraged that our God, our risen Savior, Jesus that rode through Jerusalem, he has risen again and he is overcoming all of the dark shaking that is out there that the world is trying to tell us that's going to take us over. I am declaring and decreeing it is not going to take us over. The United States of America is a righteous, godly country that God has put into place. We are here to come and take over and the awakening of God is coming to the United States. We are seeing an awakening here in Skytook. We are seeing an awakening here in this place. Don't be discouraged. And if you turn it off, you don't have to watch, you don't have to know everything that's going on. You'd probably be better off if we didn't listen to it. Because it, it's too much distraction sometimes. Lord, our eyes want to be so focused on you. 
if you go to the mirror and you look in the mirror, what do you start seeing? All the junk. That, oh, I wish these little wrinkles weren't here. And, uh, and you want to... We got to start looking at it long enough that we start seeing Jesus. But we have stayed so focused on ourselves and we are so self-absorbed in this wonderful country that we live in that it's hard to look outside of ourselves a lot of times. And Friday here at the prayer, I heard a man cry and pray over his grandson for salvation, a lot like what Rob was crying out for his son. And and it moved me because I thought, you know, I haven't heard anybody pray like that in a long time. He was weeping tears over his family member that didn't know the Lord. And I thought, do I do that? How long has it been since we've prayed for our family that doesn't know the Lord? I, I'm too concerned about if my sweater matches my pants and what tomorrow is going to look like and is the food going to be okay for the Passover and, you know, this, you know, we just think about all of these other things. And we've got family that doesn't know the Lord. And I, I just think, well, it's their choice. It's on them. The Lord loves them. And he has need of them. And Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive me. Because I need to look in that mirror long enough just till I see Jesus. Because it's not all about me. This is his service. I want this to be about him. This is his day. This is his day. It's time to shake some things up. And Luke 19, 39 and 34 is another part of this, the story. It says, Some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples for shouting these Masonic praises. And Jesus replied, I tell you, if these people keep silent, the stones will cry out in praise. We should all probably purpose today that a rock isn't going to take our place, praising the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But you know, you're not going to shake things like I am. You're not going to praise like I am, and that's okay. But don't get so hung up thinking, I'm not going to do it. And that's another part of being inward, because we're too... Uh, worried about what somebody's, how we're going to look. We don't need to be worrying about it, I'm telling you. But you just think about those people that have, were healed. Don't you think Lazarus probably did a little after he rose from that grave? You think he cared what he looked like? And we've all had a little touch of Jesus. We, and you don't care. But then we get too natural-minded and start looking around and like, oh, I got to look, I got to be dignified. 
we used to sing a song about being undignified. And it's probably a little more time to get that way. I, I don't know. I, I, I just know that there's a higher calling for us to go up. They're, they're in that supernatural realm that he is calling us. I really have a desire to go there. And in that place is a place to where is going on a lot. Because it's, it's a realm that man's thinking doesn't matter. Man's ways isn't mattering. And there's a call to go up higher today. And I... I don't know what that looks like for you, <laughs> but you've got to push through. If you don't know him as Lord and Savior, that's your first step. Once you take him as your Lord, once you take him as your Savior, it never stops of that desire. And if it stopped, it's time to wake up because he's wanting us to keep, continue to go higher with him, to get out of our natural thinking. Get out of being so self-focused. Just go for it. He wants us to, to, to go for it. I want to look at Galatians 5.13. And this is a scripture that my dad read on Wednesday night. And I haven't been able to get away from this. And it says, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. Huh? See, most people think that coming to Christ is a bunch of rules and regulations and a big no. God's sitting there with a stick waiting to pounce you on the head every time you do something. That's not God. Those, thing, those things that he has for us to do or to not to do, those aren't restrictions. Those are freedoms. Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Isn't that good? We're not to stay in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all that we do. Don't go out and party on Saturday night and then come try to be Jesus on Sunday. God wants you to live a wonderful, free life in him. And it's free from all the bondages and all the stuff that the world's put on you. And that world, you can live in it and think you're having a really grand time because we've all had a bite of that apple, have we not? And it's really fun for a little bit. And then it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And the more you walk in it, you're just like, how in the world am I going to do this? And more and more piles on you. Things don't work out. How am I going to do this? Oh, they've left me. Now what am I going to do? Things just keep going. That's not freedom. Oh, yeah, you're free to go do whatever you want to do. No one's going to tell me what to do. Haven't we all probably said that sometime or other? Oh, look where that's got us, right? God's freedom. 
God's called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. See, he talks to us things. He, he puts that little, mm, and you're like, oh, I, I, I probably ought to let that go. Oh, God wants me to deal with this. Oh, he speaks to you about, oh, the way that you just talked to your wife before you came in here. Oh, well, you've asked her to forgive you how many times? Do it again. See, whenever, and you mentioned this Wednesday of um, someone that had come to you and said, as soon as the Lord showed them something, they was going to deal with it right then. That's, the, that's how we should respond to him. Because if you just say, well, I'll wait another time, you probably won't ever do it. If he's pulling your heart to him today, yield to that. Yes, Lord. You know, and there's things that we get ourselves into. Sometimes we can't get ourselves out of them. We need somebody to help us get out of them. This is a good, safe place to get help to get out of some of your stuff. But we need to respond as he moves because then that's how we keep that freedom. And that's how we stay out of that natural realm. The natural realm is the world's realm, right? <laughs> I want to share with you uh, just something that, I, and I'm kind of, I'm not scared, but <laughs> um, this, some of this is new to me. Um, I've been around it for years, and I've heard other people, and you hear people give prophetic words, and um, you hear them decree and declare things, and you think, wow, isn't that awesome? And then uh, the Lord shows you something, and then I'm like, really? <laughs> and, um, but I felt like it, it was something that I was supposed to share today. And I don't have any other thing other than a book I wrote it in. I have no proof other than just my word. And that should be good enough. But on March 25th, it was a Saturday. So before that, my dad had asked me to speak today. So I knew um, that it was going to be Palm Sunday. And, and so that Saturday, I thought, I ought to just read that. Well, that's always good. But you know what I'm saying. It was a few weeks before. I just wanted to, like, put it in my head. And so I read this story that it has talked to you about, about the triumphal entry. And I was sitting in my bedroom, and uh, this was two weeks from yesterday. And after I read that, I was just sitting there, and I've never experienced anything like this before. And um, I closed my eyes, and um, I saw like this tornadic wind and I don't know how you see a wind, but I saw a wind. And I was like, Lord, what is that? And um, I couldn't understand what, what it was. And I knew that it, it looked like a tornado. And I could see that it was coming to here. 
and I, I, was, I was kind of excited about it because I knew that the wind of the Lord, the Holy Spirit coming, I knew that was a good thing. And um, it, I said, is it your wind? And he, he said, I'm going to come and make another triumphant entry. And I was just like, I just kind of, well, I just fell to my knees. I mean, I was just like, wow. And he told, I mean, he told me another thing, and it's okay. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I, I realized then as, as I studied this week and I was going over that, and, you know, I've read the story over and over, and I was working on it yesterday, and I and I erased half of what I typed out. I mean, I was just, I was too much in my head, and I don't even know how to explain that. But the Lord spoke to me and said, today is bigger than that. It's not about that story. Today is just about him, and it's not a just. And he is wanting to make a triumphant entry into this place. And I just say, welcome. I just say, I received that prophetic word that he gave me, that vision. And I thought, you know, Friday, whenever I saw that wind, I was like, Lord, <laughs> this is pretty windy here today. Is this what I was seeing? You know, I, I don't understand it all. And when God speaks to you, sometimes it's hard to put it all together. I, I don't have all that piece together, but I know what he said. And I know he said he's wanting to come and make a triumphant entry into this place. And it's not just so that we can all look good and say revivals come to Ascension Church. Because it's not about us. It's not about my mom and dad. It's not about me. It's, not, it's about him. And it's about lives being transformed into becoming like him. It's about Jesus. This story, this day is bigger than anything that I've talked about today. I welcome the winds. The winds bring change. We had a wheelbarrow full of water that it blew over. It blew over electric poles. It did all kinds of damage. The winds of change are strong. So he's wanting those to blow through, and, and just like that angel passed over, he's wanting to bring some change, just like your word. He's trying to bring, blow in some things, some good things. And yeah, that, that wind brought, what, fire? It burned off some things. Who needs some things burn off of them today? We need some things blown off of us that we've let the world latch on to us and convince us that that's who we are. I was reading yesterday in Genesis. And I'm, if you haven't read Genesis in the Passion, it is a great read. And Abraham, whenever he, he was still Abram at that time, and remember he lied and uh, told Sarah to say that he was his sister, and he was such a man. Come on. Really? 
Why did he do that? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Anyway, and Pharaoh said, get out and don't come back. And, but I love that because, and I'm not talking about the end Pharaoh in Egypt. This was before all of that. But um, it's when he had Lot and all that stuff. But it's in Genesis 13. I didn't give it. We're not going to look at it. But it says, Abram returned to the place where he had first built an altar to pray and worship God. He went back to where he started. And I just felt like to end here today, some of us need to go back to where he started with the Lord. Don't go back to your past. You got past your past. But remember when you came to the Lord? And some of us need to go back to, and, and build another altar to the Lord and, and go back to where we started with him. Some of you don't know Jesus. And I just invite you today to come and find him. Find him as your Savior. And then make him your Lord. Some of you all know him up here. You've said yes to him. I encourage you to come today and find him as Lord. It's time to get on the cult. We raise our hands in victory to him. We praise him for who he is. He is our risen king. He's done much for us, but I'm telling you, he has need of each and every one of you. He needs you today, not tomorrow. He needs you today, not yesterday. He needs you today. He has need of you. His plans and his purposes for you are good. He loves you so much. I'm just going to ask you to stand. We welcome the Lord. He is here. I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you for this people. Maybe you want to come and have prayer. We take this time and open it up for anybody that needs prayer. Some of y'all have never been here before. If you feel like you felt something stirring in you, this is a time to come up. We can give you a hug and pray for you. I really feel like, though, there's some that need to, to get on the cult. And there's some that need to go back to that first altar and just say, yeah, I've been trying it my way, and, and Lord, I need to make you Lord again. I've been thinking too much about myself and how I can do it, and it's not working. Lord, I'm coming back to make it about you. The altars are open if you want to come. Come for prayer. Maybe you just want to come and kneel. Bow your heart and your head to Him. You can turn up the music. Lord, we just bless you. We just take a time. We just raise our hands and worship Him. You are our victor. You are Hosanna. You are our King. And we bless you here this morning.
maybe come pray for that family member. seated. Thank you.
Adrian recently accepted Christ, and he comes making that confession this morning. I was sharing this verse with him. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. He started a journey. I told him, well, Jesus trusted his father. He could ride that donkey. So he's going to have to trust the Lord. He can make this journey. It's a start. He's got family here today. We're going to pray for him. Anybody got any words for him? We'll do that. And... uh, any of his family wants to come and stand with him, you're welcome to. John, I ask you to come and uh, David, come and stand with us. Let's, let's pray for him this morning. His mom and dad are going to come stand with him. I know they're proud of him. Asher, I've been thinking about your name. I know you didn't get that by chance. And I know you know that, but I've just been thinking about that. Lord, I thank you for this young man. I thank you what you have for him. And I thank you. Biggs, you don't have to figure this out. You just got to look to Jesus and faith it out. Adrian, we bless you this morning. The angels rejoice. God, right now we thank you for Biggs and what he's committing to you in front of all these people. God, we're proud of him. We love him. But most importantly, you're proud of him and you love him. And God, right now we thank you that uh, it says in your word that you're able to help us keep what we commit to you. And God, we know Biggs is making a commitment to you today not only for you to be his Savior, but also, and more importantly, his Lord. And we thank you and we praise you for that. And we know that it's not always easy. It's the hardest thing in this world to die to ourselves constantly, but to live to you. But we know that you can give us the ability to do that. And you're doing that today for Biggs, in Jesus' name. Father God, I just thank you for Biggs. Thank you for making him such a big, loving, kind kid. Lord, I'm, I'm so happy for him coming closer to you, Lord. And it, Today's a great day for him to come close. Lord, thank you, and I ask you to please just keep him on the straight and narrow path. Lord, just let him live in the most uprighteous life he can with you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Any other words or anyone else want to pray for him? His middle name is Silas, and Silas ran around with Paul. And I believe, wasn't he the one that was in jail? Because they were doing God's will, and God has got his hand on you, even if you have to go to jail for what you believe. He's going to be there with you. And uh, remember to keep good company like the Silas did in the Bible he was with Paul 
who wrote most of the New Testament. So I just bless you in Jesus' name. Well, I'm glad you're here with us today, and uh, we'll go back and baptize him.